0: How you doing, rascals? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Before we get started, a few things to mention. There are, at this moment in time, six tickets left for the return gig on July 4th. Six tickets. There has also been a new date added, July 18th. That's right, baby. July 4th, six tickets left. July 18th, tickets have gone on sale this morning. So, if you couldn't come on July 4th, hey, come along on July 18th. Do you know what? If you went to the first one, hey, come to the second one as well, man. Who cares? It's just going to be great to get back gigging again. Um, get on the Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Best way to support the show. Best way to access all the extra content. A new style of the Sunday service came out last Sunday. Uh, it's how we're going to roll storytelling. We've got music. It's fucking fantastic. fantastic. I'm enjoying the new format, I hope you are too, if you've not listened to it yet, like I said, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. sign up for £4 a month and enjoy all the goodies. Um, enjoy this episode, as always we go off in tangents, we started talking about one thing and then I had a rant about pubs for 20 minutes, I've no idea, but if you're on the Patreon there is an extra 30 minutes of this episode for you to enjoy. So if you want to get access to the full unedited version of this episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Gibson. Do it now. I love yous all. Enjoy the show. Stick the tape in. Hit it. I say it every time, I say it every time, but this song needs words. This track... Can you call it a song? This, tr- this track, it needs words, I need lyrics. Ba-da-ba-ba, boo-boo, every time I walk in the room, I see a bowl of fresh fruit. Episode, who knows? Who cares at this point? It's the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson, who else would I fucking be? Um, welcome back, dear listener, rascals amongst you. God bless you. God bless your curtain socks. A saying, we should be bringing back into the, uh, the new sphere of possibilities. Uh, people in England, possibly Scotland, I don't know at this point. Everything's merging into one. I don't know who I'm anymore, where I'm or what I'm. I don't know my pronouns. I don't even know what a pronoun is. Um, who knows? I watch the news and it tells me that I can once again drink indoors and hug my barman. Then I realise that the news isn't actually my news. Even though I'm seeing it on my telly, in my house, as I pay for a fucking television licence, it's not actually my Although the news is the news, it's no my news. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm watching the news going, Hey, get in the pubs, hug your barman, have a pint indoors, enjoy life again sneak a half bottle on your handbag and ask for two cans of coke because the fucking pub industry is on its ass. is it really on its ass? i mean it probably is because i've got friends that run pubs and they've told me the situation and it probably is on its ass. but do i give a fuck no i do not do i care about small independent bars you know that i've housed countless number of uh, pensioners and widows over the years of course I do there is a bar at the end of the street where I live in fact there's a bar at either end good lord and I am taking a vast interest in it because it's a glorious place I've never been in it nor will I ever go in it because it is not a space for someone like I a man who has his own teeth and can get there under his own steam this is a bar for the raggedy Dolls, the Broken and the Damned, and that is why I love it. Anytime I walk past that bar, anytime I walk past that pub, there is some form of sport on a very old television, and I know it's old, because it's fucking stuck onto the wall, and it is about nine and a half feet deep, it is an old-fashioned brick, none of this Flat screen TV. They've no lot of projector in this pub. Not at all. They've got a giant old telly. That if it fell on you, it'd kill you. And a fag machine in the corner. Cigarette machine, for those of you who don't smoke. <laughs> but it's a proper boozer, like. They sell beer. They sell spirits. They may have a red wine. They possibly might have a white wine. And that is your fucking whack. There's no, there's no fine art on the wall. It is a collection of the damned that gather in there on a daily basis and they drink to forget or until another limb falls off. I don't know if that is part of the entry that you need to either have all your teeth missing or a limb. Something has to be missing for your body. I don't know if that is the entry requirement but what a fucking place it is. It seems to just exist on a different plane. No one would ever dare try and enter unless you're in there, Sanctum. But it has been uh, obviously shut down uh, since COVID. And it's recently removed the um, heavily protected (laughs) wooden panels that I had up on the window. Uh, Just actually yesterday. Uh, just, Just a mere 24 hours from broadcast it was removed. So I am hopeful that they are back on the road to recovery. But let me say this to you, and I wasn't going to start with this, but we've, we've gone off and I rant about pubs. I am, I am sick to the back teeth uh, of hearing about how many pints we need to drink per head to rescue the pubs, how much trouble the pub industry is in. I'm I'm done with it now. Right? I'm fucking done with it. I mean, I think the problem is that it seems as if now that we are moving towards the end of lockdown, or now that we're moving out of lockdown, sorry, the only thing that seems to matter to the British public is that they've still got a job and that they can go and get fucked in a pub. And that is the narrative that is pushed by every fucking media outlet in this country, and it's starting to annoy me. Where where is the campaign for for the arts, darling? You know the theatres, the West End. Where where's the campaign for that? Where's the campaign for getting out to fucking uh, support your local theatre? How many you even know if you've got a fucking local theatre? I mean, for the love of God, the amount of times I have done perfect example. East Kilbride Arts Centre. I'm looking at it written on a bit of paper in front of me. I fucking love East Kilbride Arts Centre. It's a beautiful little space. It's about, what, 100 seats, 110 seats. A perfect little black box theatre. It's lovely. The staff are amazing. It's always a good night there. Can't wait to get back with a new tour show. How many people even know it fucking exists? Hardly any. The amount of times I have done gigs... East Kilbride Art Arts Centre, Paisley Art Centre, Nairn Community Centre, a beautiful room up in Nairn. Where's Nairn to hear you cry? Exactly. Where are the campaigns to educate people of what is on in their fucking community? Where are the, the national campaigns for people who understand what what theatre is next to them? You know, what's on in the theatre? How they can engage with it? How they can absorb some art into their life? But instead of doing something like that, we'd rather go, listen, Franco, what you've got to do is, see if you don't go down that pub and drink a hundred and twenty-four pints, they're going to shut the fucking pubs. Who's going to shut the pubs, Bobby? The fucking, the fucking government, Franco. The fucking government. I says to her, I was like, that's me away doing the pub, hen. She went, don't be stupid, it's a Wednesday, you're staying with the Wednesday." I was like, listen, hen, I've just seen her hanging the paper said if I don't drink a hundred and twenty-four pints, they're going to shut the fucking pubs. Fuck the pubs. Fuck the pubs in the ass. Now obviously when I say things like that, please understand this is a comedy podcast. I am a comedian. You know? And and please believe me when I say this, I couldn't give a fuck about anything. I don't care about anything. I don't care about anything. There's nothing. There's nothing happening right now on this planet that can, apart from a dog. I'm looking up in the new sleep. What, what a life. I love a dog to bits. then I don't care. I'm going to talk about Israel and Palestine in a moment. i have a very strong opinion on that. But please believe me. See at the root of it all. Oh, I, I couldn't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't care if you go to the pub. I don't care. But I'm just sick of it being pushed in our throats. Get back to the pubs. 124 pints. How many pints have you had? Maybe we're going to get like a card through the door. Maybe we go to like, Starbucks or Costa. Or some fucking hipster coffee shop. And you get, uh, have, have you got your stamps? Has someone stamped your card? Have you got a card there? Yeah, Sebastian. Sebastian's the name. Uh, I'm the card man. I actually do the stamps. It was my idea to do the stamps. So if you buy 72 uh, coffees, um, your 73rd is on the house. You know, as long as you collect your stamps um so would you like the stamps and then you fucking you fucking fall into the trap of going do you know what i love stamps there's nothing that i love more than stamps so you get stamps and you go back and you're like mate 72 stamps you can't and he's like yes but actually it's it's 16 of those stamps were espressos and the other stamps were lattes so it's not actually all the same kind of stamp so really you've not made the stamp quota and then you take the, the card and you ram it in his throat and stick the stamp up his nose, you know, and then you your a coffee shop. So what was the topic coffee shop? I don't know. What I'm saying is independent pubs, fully accept, fully back, right? A couple of guys, husband and wife, you know, uh an old farmer, he got injured and <laughs> where do you go with this one, Gibble? An old farmer, a Persia farmer, right? Rural proper farmer, horns got fucking shovels, injured, right, Fell in a combine harvester, what a mess, Knee legs, fuck it, he's got no legs, and uh, him and the wife, big buxom farmer's wife, the uh, the new run a new pub, in the rural Persia, you know, I support they fuckers, right, and I think if you're going to go and drink a pint, drink a pint there, but I don't support the Wotherspoons, of this planet, and I don't support the the Green King pubs because these are the fuckers that are getting millions in government bailouts. and know they want you to go back in there and drink in their boozer. Do you think they'll be paying back the bailout? well the fuck? Somebody guy got chucked out of Whirlspoons earlier. I saw that in the news. Chucked out fucking Whirlspoons because he went in and he go uh, he's a he's a tacker and he got his followers to fucking the, the old talk uh the ticktacky. On the, on the phone and he's like listen I'm in Wetherspoon's table 14 you know what you do and they said I'm like fucking 12 grand's worth of booze and they chucked him out what that's the whole point in doing that so if they're not gonna, listen if they're going to create a, a game and then because somebody exploits that game that they shut you down you can get fucked Wetherspoons. while we're on this rant can I just say the now? Can every, can every pub just start offering a cider? Can you just do that? Please, it's not going to harm you, right? It's not, it's not going to upset anyone, okay? It's not, it's not going to impact on your business model. Just offer a cider. And I don't mean some kind of fruit cider, some kind of fucking, you know, berries and fucking strawberry blossom. Just a fucking cider. Just sell cider, eh? Is it, is it that, really that hard? And see if you can't find any fucking hipster cider that's gathered within 10 feet of an apple that's fucking under the control of the fucking Scottish National Forestry Commission. And you take all the, all the apples and you pass them through a hemp sock and sing fucking Whitney Houston songs to them while they, they gently offer up their fruit. If you can't do that, just fucking buy a Strongbow. I don't care. Because that's two pubs now. That's two pubs of the hipster variety I've been to. And the fuckers don't offer a cider and I had to sit and sip away at a pint of beer like a fucking common football hooligan and I was disgusted with myself. Disgusted. I don't know I don't know how you drink beer. I really don't. It's fucking rank. There's there's a an unpopular opinion. It is fucking disgusting. Anybody who's ever picked up a pint of cider, right? Anybody throughout the course of history has put that cider to their lips, tasted it and then understood that Jesus is real. Okay? You know the way the Pope wakes up in the morning the Pope's all like, Oh, Jesus, fill my body. Full of the love of God. And most of us are kicking about going, God's no real man. Until you take a sip of cider and you go, it must be real. How else do you explain the nectar of the gods, literally the nectar of the gods, is a cider. But any person who has ever drank beer, any any person, and I mean, even if you love beer, even if you have 10 pints of beer a night, even if you know what an IPA is, or a stout, or a heavy, or a lager, even if you know all the different types, even if you can sit and regale all your friends about the boring chat you've got of a fucking Belgian blonde, all this bullshit, even if you are bawd deep in your beer knowledge, Every single person who has ever drank beer, the very first time they tasted it, they went, that is fucking disgusting. Every single one of you. Every single one of you. Every single person who drinks beer, the very first time they drank it, said into their head, there is no way I'm ever going to be able to drink this. No way. I remember the very first time I tried beer, I looked around the pub at all these men and I thought, I want to drink beer, I want to be a man. And I drank beer and I sat in that pub and I thought to myself, I am never going to be a man. (laughs) I ran home, my wee shorts, I never had shorts on, crying into my pillow. My mother came in from the uh, from the from the fucking what are they called for the allotment. <laughs> 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 it's like a hovis advert in <laughs> the fucking nineteen ten. Doo doo What's wrong, son? I'll never take beer, mum. I'll never be a man. What do you mean, darling? I had a sip of beer, Mum, it's fucking disgusting. It's like drinking puddle water with piss in it through a soda stream. It's fucking, it It tastes like cigarettes and horse shit. It's disgusting, Mum. And I'll never be a man because I'll never drink beer. And she says, don't don't worry, son. You'll find your way in life. And I did find my way in life because I found cider, nectar of the gods. You, You can argue with me all you want. I can I can already I can already feel the hatred coming through these headphones. Going, you're rangable beers delicious. I'm telling you, you have to condition your body to accept beer. You have to, you have to persevere through the pain, through the dry bulk, in order to get to a point where your body will accept it, you almost have to break, you almost have to break your own body down in order for it to accept beer willingly. And then if you get to the point where you've completely destroyed all free choice, free will that your body has, then you can You know, go, oh, I'll have a pint, love Oh, delicious, delicious. Once you have destroyed your own soul, will you enjoy beer? But not I. Not the cider drinker. No. Because from day one, (laughs) from that first sip, our lives are complete, you know? Our lives are complete. That's why whenever you go to a bar, right, and I don't mean like a kind of, I mean a pub, I would say a bar is a kind of, if it sells cocktails and it has, you know, people with skinny jeans and uh, it doesn't have a puggy, that's a bar, right, as in like, oh my god, so trendy, cool vibe. yeah, yeah, that's a bar, a pub is pool table with no pool cues because a fight broke out two years ago and the bar lady is refusing to get pool cues back. Uh, there's more puggies than security staff, every single age group, sex and mix uh, in the pub at the one time, we a few disabled for box ticking purposes, uh, that's a pub, right? And it doesn't matter where you go, pub or bar, when you go to the bar and say, uh, can I have a pint of cider please? People will look at you, usually men, men will turn and look at you, but that look, it's not a look of disgust, it's a look of jealousy. Because they wish they could be a cider drinker. Instead, they can't. They've damaged their palate and their soul to the point where they can only drink beer. The fucking piss water of society. So, suppose what I'm saying is if, I, if I've got to drink 124 pints, if I've got to drink 124 pints, let's make it cider, man just give it, give it as the option, you know, have it as an option, so I'm, I'm not asking for a lot in a, in a pub, in a bar, I'm not asking for a lot, you know, I just want a seat, I want to sit somewhere, I don't want to stand, I don't want to stand, I don't want to stand at the bar, I don't want to stand at a high table, I don't want to stand, I want to sit, I want to drink, I want to lean on a table, I want to listen, I want to talk, I want to play with a beer mat, I want to converse, you know? I want a good vantage point to see what's happening in the pub, I want to see the comings and goings, I want to have a clear route in case it kicks off, I want to know what's going on, and I want to sit there and enjoy a cider. And that's not a lot to ask that is not a lot to ask so make it happen how do we get on the top of this I don't know I've no idea let's enjoy this podcast man who knows where it's going to go who knows where it's going to go get there on the side of it, man. try it, taste it, enjoy it, love it experience it order it next time you're in a pub order it fucking up you know step forward the bar man, the bar lady, the bar person whatever you know, and they say, yes mate, oh yes, this is me, this is my moment, we've all been there, we've all been there, we've all been in a crowded bar, we'll be back there again, we'll be back there again, we've all been in a crowded bar, you kind of wedge your way in, strong shoulders, you know, you're looking for the gaps, guy in front, he's being served, he's putting his hands around the glasses, he's going for the classic triangle grip, and you're saying to yourself, in your mind, using the Jedi strength, going, go left, go left. And when he moves to the left to kind of emerge for the crowd, you know you're going to put the big hand across the bar, slip the shoulder in, and know you are at the front of the queue. And then it's about getting the attention. Some of you will lean over the bar. Almost coming into the bar person's area. I would say that's a no, 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 no. Some of you may even do the old trick, the old cunty move, where you bring a £20 note out for the pocket and hang that over the bar as if you are gesturing to a bar person. Here, come hither, child. Take my money. No, 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 no. You want to just engage with eye contact. That's engage with eye contact. Look right at them. And when they come into your area and they say, who's next? You don't say me. You don't say me. Don't say me. Don't say me. Don't say me. Don't say it. Because if you go, me, I'm next, somebody else has swooped in, you say your order. Because them asking who's next, they're not actually asking who is next. They're not saying amongst the crowd of people in front of me, Who is the next patron? They're not saying that. They're saying, what is the next order? So when you hear a bar person say, who's next? You go, two pints of cider. That's it. Or whatever you want. Malibu and Coke. (laughs) Gin and Coke. Whatever you want. When they say, who's next? You say your order. And for me, for your old Uncle Gibble, just order yourself a cider, man. Try it. Get, let, let the beer go for a bit. Let the beer go. Enjoy a crisp, delicious pint of cider. Do it. You deserve it. Why we're talking about this? No idea. No, It's not even on here. None of this is on these notes. Why do I write notes when I just talk shite? I don't know. But I don't even know what we're talking about. This, it was only 20 minutes ago. How can my mind not remember what I was talking about 20 minutes ago? I don't know. But anyway, this is the Scott Gibson Show. It's episode 82, I think. And I'll buy cider. <laughs> Bring the mic back in, shall we, so we can actually hear what I'm saying. Um obviously since we last spoke, the uh the Indian uh the Indian it's not a real word, Scott, the Indian variant has gone uh, through the roof. Now, cannot understand. Not even going to try to get my head around it anymore. From what I gather, um, from the from the little information that, I, and please always remember, anything that I say in this is built upon pillars of sand. My information is grabbed uh, from tweets and Instagram posts, but I know this for a fact: the reported death figures, which most uh, reputable news outlets, which there are few of. Um, I've started watching Al Jazeera. I've started. I tell you, I tell you what, fuckers. I've started watching that. That old. You watching that Al Jazeera, Sandra? Oh, 24 hours a day. Al, Al Jazeera does it gives you the weather reports for for all around the world, then, aye. Western Australia, nineteen and and, and sunny. Oh, aye, okay. Oh, so yes. your old man's watching Al Jazeera. Started watching Al Jazeera. Uh, I'll say I'll say two things about it. One, very unbiased. Uh, if you watch it for about half an hour, at any time, it doesn't really matter what they're discussing. I've been watching it a lot recently to try and get some information on the Israel-Palestine situation because you get very little, if not a lot of shite, off the BBC, which is standard. Um, very unbiased, which is great. Um, Only thing is, they don't seem to have a watershed, Al Jazeera. Um, So I was sitting having my frosted cornflakes at half past eight the other morning and was watching uh, videos of dead babies being taken out of rubble and I thought, good God, this is a bit much for a Tuesday. Uh, But watch it, get it, great news, fucking lovely stuff. Um, So you'll notice that the Indian variant is going up. Um, the numbers that have been reported, and like I said, reputable news companies are saying the numbers are far higher because the Indian government seem to be doing what the Chinese did at the start, where they are saying, hey, four people have dead uh, and the reality is half a million have died. So apparently the numbers are 4,000 deaths per day is currently the numbers that are sitting at in India. Everyone can agree it's completely getting out of hand, but it is getting out of hand based on Western countries. It is out of hand based on, for example, the United Kingdom. But let me say this to you. There's 1.4 billion people in India. 1.4 billion people. right their cases at the moment, which, if you take as official figures, because it's coming for the government, right, is 4,000 per day. Now, if you take that as fact, if we take that as right, that is the figure, it's 4,000 people a day are dying. If we ran with that for a year, from now, for a full calendar year, If things do not ease in India. That is like something less than 0.2% of the population will have died in a year. Now, as is the line from every government, one death is a death too many. But let's just put it in perspective here. It's a country of 1.4 billion people. 4,000 deaths a day. I mean, literally, there will be more people dying daily in India currently from from far other worse disease than than what they're battling with COVID. Not that I'm saying the deaths don't matter and it's terrible what's happening to people and goodness gracious me and isn't it all upsetting? Yes. But is it a way for, and I'm just making this point, is it a way for the press, the media to continue to spin more fear? I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm just saying. Could it possibly be that, you know, we have had a number of days recently in the UK where there's been zero COVID deaths and, okay, we're starting to get a few spikes, but, for example, where they're talking about in Bolton, where apparently the, end, the strain from of COVID from India has infected people and apparently the figures have rocketed, actual words taken from the BBC, the numbers are rocketing, the actual confirmed cases of the Indian COVID in Bolton. Ah, drumroll, please! 18, 18, more people will have been at a hospital in Bolton with a fucking tin of tomato sauce up their arse than have the Indian variant, so let's all just calm it down a bit, alright, now obviously the situation, um, you start to look inwards and you start to look at your own backyard, uh, the situation in Glasgow has gotten a little bit out of hand, slightly worried, because we should be in Level 2 at the moment in Glasgow. Glasgow remains in Level 3, which is under review for, the, for, the, for this week, because they are concerned that there is a possible spike in cases in Glasgow um, with what has happened with the Naughty Rangers fans. Naughty, naughty! Um, couple of things on that. Listen, a couple of things have happened in Glasgow uh, in the last uh, week. And Glasgow appears to be a little bit different in that there are a lot of communities in the south side of Glasgow who, apart from the the elders within the community community, that's a hard word to say, are maybe not refusing to get the vaccine, but are very either slow in coming forward or are or are just refusing it uh, in in tow. I actually spoke to someone uh, at the start of this week, which I was shocked because it's the first person who I've spoken to who has someone in their family. Who is refusing to get the vaccine, and it did shock me because, you know, they're, they're not they're not a dafty. I, I consider them to be quite a balanced person, but there someone in their family um, is 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 refusing to get it. Has has declined it. Has said he he, he does not want it. Um, if he gets it, he gets it. He would rather his body builds up immunity uh, himself, and he doesn't want to have it. And it, it did shock me a wee bit because I thought. That's the first kind of, listen, we've all got people on Facebook that we went to school with who are going crazy. They're trying to put a fucking chip up your ass so they can trace you. They already trace you just now through your fucking mobile phone that's never out your fucking hand. Why do they need to put a chip in your brain? When every fucker's got a mobile. We all have those people. I have two in particular. I refuse to take them off my Facebook because they genuinely make me laugh. Okay. But this is the first person who I have had a conversation with who, you know, like I said, I'd regard them as a as a normal. And their family member is, is downright refusing. Now is this uh is 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 this part of the NHS hear me out here? Is it a victim of its own success? Is it because we get it for free? Is that why people are refusing it? And and hear me out here. Is it because we are, we've are we grown up getting vaccinated? Mumps, measles and rubella, your fucking flu jags, your, your BSG or BFG, whatever it was, the big bad one you got in school. Is it because we have grown up in a country that has a national health service where we are vaccinated and inoculated against all sorts of stuff and we just turn up and get it, that there's no value to it. It holds no value to us. As much as we say as a country that we love the NHS... And we stand in the front garden and we do the fucking clappy clappy and we say, Oh my God, every single nurse is descendant from Florence Nightingale. Yous are angels, fucking angels. Even though we don't want to actually look at how much what we do or them as a person, just because you're a nurse, you're a fucking angel. Now, is it possibly that we actually hold no value to the NHS? And again, hear me out. How many of us have gone to a GP surgery when we know there's fuck all wrong How many of you have gone in faking an illness to get a sick note from your work? How many of you have played something up in order to get more painkillers off a doctor? Visited A knee when you didn't really need to go? How many of you have got fucking pensioner grandparents or parents who fuck off to the doctors like a whim? every bastard week for something to do on a Thursday. How many of us have abused the NHS over the years in order to get something that we probably didn't need? But we do it because we know we can, or possibly we do it because we know it's there, or possibly we do it because there's a part of us that thinks, I pay my taxes and I deserve fucking better selling. Especially in Scotland, for fuck's sake, but we don't pay for a prescription. Don't pay for it. You know? You get in the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, right, Scott, I'm going to give you this. i uh, but take that once. But you fancy some Tramadol? I'd fucking love some Tramadol, doctor. Oh, listen, what do you want, 60? Uh, fuck, hey, I'll pay you down for a hundred Tramadol. Fuck it, have a good weekend, son. Enjoy yourself. You tottle off to the chemist, and you go, Tramadol, please. <laughs> Is... Is that the reason why some people are not being vaccinated? Is it because they just think, no matter what happens, I'm I'm always going to get looked after? You know? Even if I don't get the vaccine and I get COVID and I become really ill, I'm going to go to hospital and I'm going to get looked after. So really there's nothing to stop me getting it or not getting it. I'm, I'm, I've am i had the vaccine, I've had the first jag, I will be getting the second jag. And I'm getting it because I think we should all be vaccinated. I am of the opinion of, although I don't like the fucking marketing, you're being vaccinated to help others. I do buy into that. I wear a mask for others. I don't think we should still be wearing masks because I think it's done. I think it's past its time now. I'm going to... Coffee shops, I'm going to cafes, I'm going to restaurants, I, I, I walk up to a front door without a mask, I have to put a mask on, I step in the front door, I close the door, I take my mask back off. Disney makes sense. I'm in the restaurant, I'm eating my dinner, I'm talking, we're laughing, everything's great. Excuse me sweetheart, I'm going to go and fire out a shite before the pudding turns up, I need to put my mask on to walk for a shite. Then I walk back to take a mask off. It's, we're, we're past that now, that's the next hurdle we need to get over. But I am I, I I am being vaccinated to protect myself and others around me as well. I just wonder if that's the thing. I wonder if it's because in the back of people's minds they know that no matter what happens, they'll always be looked after. Maybe. Listen, if any of these have got valid reasons, not that I think there are, um, for not getting the vaccine, then fucking, you know, get in touch and... Uh, Give me a rich good laugh. <laughs> uh, I saw this in the news. Um, the, the nurse who apparently looked after Boris Johnson when he had COVID has resigned um, from her position due to a lack of respect for NHS workers. Now listen. Listen. We were all out clapping. We were at clapping in the gardens. The first time I was in the balcony, clapping away, I cried. I had a wee greet. It was emotional. We were going through a very difficult time as a country, as a planet, and I had a wee greet, we all saw the videos of the nurse coming out of her house uh, in Livingston, and they put a box of chocolates and a thank you card on the roof of her motor, and she had a fucking cry, and we all had a cry watching that video. Let's just, again, let's just put all this into perspective here, okay, a nurse Resign, and please understand, I'm a comedian, right? I don't mean any of this. A nurse resigning over lack of respect is like a Johnny chucking it in because there's too big a jobby in the toilet for him to clean up. Some things don't go hand in hand. Respect and being an NHS worker, the two shall never meet. Alright? You become a nurse because you like wearing scrubs and you love a cup of tea. If you need anything else, I can't help you here. I don't know what to say, English people. It, it, it seems as if either there's a massive conspiracy in England or some, something's going on that I just can't comprehend because all I ever see and all I ever hear is English people moaning, moaning about jobs moaning about lack of respect for the NHS, moaning about protecting the NHS, moaning about the NHS getting cut up, moaning about funding, moaning about fucking uh, meals for kids, moaning about this, moaning about that, that's all I hear is English people moaning, and then when an election comes round, you fucking vote for the Tories. What what do you want me to do for you? I don't understand it. I can't keep listening to English people every day, moaning like fuck about the government and then when the voting comes in, the election comes in. sorry you just vote the Tories in again I, I can't, I don't know, I don't know what to say you I don't know what to say you I think the way that this government has treated the NHS is absolutely shocking and the Oxbridge crew no I'm okay, I'm okay the Oxbridge crew have once again made it Made it for themselves. They look after each other. When working class families are having to go to food banks, our economy's in ruin. The planet is dying. It's absolutely disgraceful. Fast forward to an election. I think the Tories are fucking marvellous. Real Britannia. <laughs> don't know what you. I don't know what Davies. If you if you're a if you're a nurse or a doctor or you're anyway involved in any branch of the fucking National Health service and you vote for the Tory party you should resign you should resign for your position but, but I, I don't know what else to say you. I mean th- this is also making it as if this this woman just looked after the prime minister herself I imagine it was quite a team there um what is the article? Jenny Jenny McGee is the nurse in, in question. Uh, a nurse who, ca- who cared, sorry. I, was th- I thought you said a nurse who carried. I was like, what the hell's going on? A nurse who cared for Boris Johnson as he battled uh, coronavirus in the hospital has resigned over the lack of respect shown by the government for the NHS. Nothing new there, Jenny. Um, not just Boris's uh, Tory party. Uh, every single one of them before, they couldn't give a fuck about you. But again, uh, you know, you vote them in. Uh, and listen, you, some of you could be listening to this, no, doctors and nurses in England going like, Gibble, I never voted for the Tories. Look, I don't know how many times I need to say this on this podcast. The only way to solve any problem is, say it with me now, extreme violence. If you are a nurse or a doctor, you need to start asking patients questions. If a patient comes in critical, like we've seen in the fucking... um. What's the in ER programs right in the movies when the fucking woo, woo, the siren and the doors come in and like gun fucking gunshot room five ECT nine six four uh, EC, give me a six five three over ten milligrams uh, what do we got right we get two two gunshots one stabbing see when you bring that fucking into that into that room and you're standing there right you ask you asked the cunt look at him look at the bastard square in the face and say who did you vote for. Who did you fucking vote for? And if they say the Conservative Party, you walk away. (laughs) You walk away. Right? Turn around. And if you can't walk away because somebody's watching, fucking give him a bag of sugar, fill his veins with sugar, and put a pill over the cunt. It's time to start making tough decisions. That's the only way... You're gonna have any change in England because guess what? Forget it's fucking Scottish Labour. Forget getting a Scotland go. That's gone. You're gonna to have to do this on your own. And if you think for a minute that you you're, you're gonna change anything without killing a few Tories, I've got news for you, love. So you need to start doing, man. Listen, that's what every nurse should be tasked. Right, listen. See if I've got to drink a hundred twenty-four pints. To see <laughs> if I've got to drink a hundred twenty-four pints to save the fucking pub trade in the UK, every single NHS registered nurse has to kill 10 Tories a year. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. In fact, those numbers are very achievable. I think we need to push those numbers up. Jerry McGee, uh, who was by the Prime Minister's bedside, that's unfortunate, for two days when he was intensive care last April, said she felt deeply disappointed at how healthcare workers have been treated, particularly over nurses' pay. Ministers have refused to budge over a kick-in-the-teeth proposal to increase pay for nurses in England by just 1% compared to 4% in Scotland. Come on, Scotland! We are not getting the respect, uh, nor the pay that we deserve. I'm just sick of it, so I've handed in my resignation. Okay. Listen, I imagine there's doctors and nurses resigning every single day because of the fucking horrendous conditions that they're working under. It's, uh... I tell you. It's one of those jobs, and I know we've obviously joked for the last 10, 15 minutes, whatever, but... It, it's obviously one of those jobs where it must be a calling. You know, there's there's no way that you can get up and... and and be a nurse, be a doctor, and, and not, and it not be a calling, you know, there's, there's no way, man, because you, I always remember a, a friend of mine, Gail, it's a very good friend, man, she's, she had a, she had a friend who was a, was a, was a trainee GP, no GP, a doctor. It was it was a doctor. He was actually in a, in a hospital on a ward, right? But training, nonetheless, or just fresh out the packet, right? And the poor fucker had a had a breakdown, a proper, complete nervous breakdown. Like I think he had had in the ward, and like really, it was in a bad way. and He had to go into kind of counselling and, and get therapy. And obviously, he's not a doctor, know that, I mean? But he was in a he was in a bad way, and the reason being, he had gone gone through his seven years, six years, whatever it is, of university to become a, a doctor, and when he got on the ward, he was literally in the deep end, dealing with life and death on a daily basis, and I I, well, I know that he, he struggled to deal with the, the loss, he struggled to detach himself from the humanity of everything that we see on a daily basis. To the point where it literally consumed the man. He would say things uh, like they would have no idea not only what was wrong with someone but no idea of how to treat them. So they would have three or four things that they could try and it would literally be a case of running through a list. So they don't really know what's wrong with you. They've got not a very good idea of how to fix you but we can try a few things. So they try the first thing, Disney work. Try the second thing, that doesn't work either. Try the third thing, maybe you're going to be bit better. So they'll try something else and they fix you. Or they try three, four, five different things, Disney fix you and you die. And this poor fucker literally almost lost his mind of, of, of that pressure of having to either save or lose people's lives on a daily basis. Even if you bring that down a couple of steps, and you are a a nurse, and you are assisting in a ward, you're maybe not making major decisions, you are still involved in that process, you are still subjected, exposed to literal life and death on a daily basis. And then many of them go home and have to stand in a queue for a food bank because they can't feed their fucking wings. Or themselves. So I don't blame... I don't blame any nurse or doctor that resigns. Especially after this year. Fuck, I mean, there's absolutely no way in hell I could do it as a job. But again, I go back to my point. If you keep voting the fucking Tories, you're never getting more than 1%. But, Jenny, good luck to you, hen. I don't know what you're going to do next. I don't know what you're going to do next, but, but good luck to you. What is she saying here? <coughs> um, oh, it seems this is part of a documentary that's coming out called The Year Britain Stopped. Um, McGee, Stry- McGee, which is uh, Jenny McGee, the nurse, described the sense of hopelessness that befell upon nurses as a second wave hit, describing it as an absolute shit Ha-ha! <laughs> yes, Jenny! Uh, this time, talking about the the second wave. This time, there was more than the first surge. The nurses are stretched even more—an absolute shit show, to be honest. At that point, I don't know how to describe the horrendousness of what we were going through. We were desperate. What a situation, man! What a situation! Oh god! Don't vote Tory, man. Ever, 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 ever again. Right, team, that's us done. What an episode. And then, my God, what an episode. Um, Thank you for listening. As always, subscribe uh, to the show, however you get the podcast. We're everywhere Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, you name it, we're on it. Uh, Subscribe to the show, leave a review. 5 star review on iTunes, help us move up the charts, and uh, yeah, that's it, Um, gigging back in July, 2 gigs back, can't wait, go to the website, bigscottgibson.com, sign up to the mailing list, Um, very little comes out for that, but when it does, it's the best place to hear about tour shows and any other upcoming one-off stuff, once the tour starts back up again in September, the mailing list is the place to hear, about all of those goodies, so do that. Sign up, and uh, yeah, that's it. Spread the podcast, share it in your socials, help grow the channel. Blah blah blah. blah. Love yous all. Become a patron all, and uh, get access to the uh, the new style Sunday service, which I am enjoying doing very much, and look forward to doing another one for this Sunday. So check that out. Right, that's it. I never know what to say. No doubt I forgot something, but at some point I'll speak to you all very soon. Take care. Stay safe. Two managers growling, he wants to wash your hands and your arsehole and I'll see you in a battlefield very soon onwards. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go Facial set provides spa-level results at home.